0: Hey guys, welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 366. I'm Chris. I'm John.
1: And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. <laughs> the first being The and Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past weeks. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 14th,
0: 2018. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we are going to the bookshelf and we are pulling off something for our monthly trading policy. And this month, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Marvel Comics Star Wars Dr. Aphra Volume 1 by Kieran Gillen with art by Kev Walker. One of Paul's favorites. Mm. But he's not with Ben Blacker and Ben Axel. Yeah so, yeah. so so we how the, uh, we'll see how this stands up against everything else.
1: You know what stands up well uh, versus everything else? A good New England style IPA. And that's what we have here from uh, Woodcock Brothers up in Wilson, New York. Very local. Uh, sorry, if you don't live in the area, you're probably not getting this. And this is their 6.2. This is their Galaxy Dry Hopped New England-style IPA. Made with Citra, Mosaic, Azteca, and, last but not least, added in at the very end, the Galaxy Dry Hopped with Galaxy hops. And uh, this is a smooth, easy drinking beer. What's the APV on this? 6.5. 6.5. Ooh, and it's smooth. It's dangerous because it's... it's a Got that IPA hint to it, but man, it has nice hints of pineapple juice, uh, a little bit of passion, you know, the tropical fruitness to it. This is exactly what I look for in a uh, New, England- New England style IPA. Uh, and it's about, what, like um, a little over a week in the can, right? Because <laughs> so we had this last, it came out last week. And I think. In, two weeks ago. Two weeks, weeks ago, ago? Yeah. It always takes. It always takes a little bit of time for, I think, the XPAs to really shine. And I think we hit that honey spot because we, we had it a couple weeks ago, um, right when it came out. And it was good. you i like, oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, it's great now. And, um, yeah, the the Tropical Nose, everything about it. 6.0 was our first XPA. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting to see that they went to, like, 14, and now they've gone back to the one that we always said, was our favorite. Yeah. And they've uh, they've kind of acted it up to make it even better. Mm-hmm. And doctored it, they did. Chris, what are you drinking, bud? Um, you know, I don't want to say
0: we're, we're starting early, uh, but I went to the beer store this morning at 10.40 a.m. or 9.40 a.m., depending on which of my clocks I happen to look at, because yesterday was daylight savings time. but It was still morning for me, and I saw on one of the end caps at my beer store, Bad Larry's Cold Hard Coffee. Uh, this is a malt beverage with natural flavors. A four-pack was $3.99. Mm. So I figured, hey, at its very worst, it's only four bucks. I mean, that's equal to the price of one of the like uh, loose bottles that I bought for later on in the show. Um, yeah, it smells like a... Uh, Starbucks double shot. Um, Ooh. So it's got like that, Hello. that like, coffee like sweetness on it. Uh yeah, you drink it, it definitely is an alcoholic double shot.
1: Man, I, I remember it's having a com- though. I remember having a conversation about uh, Starbucks double shots on the show before and that's not keeping it. <laughs> um
0: it's it's not <laughs> terrible but it's also not great. I think $4 is probably a good price for this. If I had paid any more for it, I probably would have been like, eh, I would have had higher expectations going into it. Um, I can't say it's the best thing I've had. I can't say it's the worst. Um, if you check out the show notes over at bangboard.com, I always list like everything we're drinking, what we're picking for the list, our dramatic reading panel, some words about the uh, main topic. But when you click on the links for what we're drinking, it'll actually link you through to the different breweries or the beers that we're we're sampling. And Bad Larry's website is literally just pictures of people holding, like, the packs (laughs) of Bad Larry's. And it's like, coming soon to Wisconsin. It's like, okay, well, it's brewed in Wisconsin. Uh, Apparently, it's still not a big thing. Hmm. Uh, But it's it's in Florida. Florida. It's in Florida. Uh, I just want to read the back of this. Team. Okay, yeah,
1: thanks, please. Um,
0: bad Larry's bad has ever been this good. Straddling the line between coffee and beer, this Bad Larry is the baddest around. So bad, it's actually really friggin' good. That's what happens when you blend cold brew coffee with malt and perfectly sweet and unforgettably smooth hard coffee. It's bad at best.
1: Man, they have the it, best words. Basically,
0: like any other like four dollar beer, I would buy like Hurricane. All right. Or- it's, Just, like, trying to, like, convince you how great it is because it's being
1: edgy. Uh, so it's $4 for a single can? Or a four-pack of oh, 4 cans. Oh, that's cheaper yeah. than a Starbucks double shot. Bad Larry's Brewing Company on Untapped has a 1.6 average out of, the, out, of, out of five for the brewery. And the beer has a uh, 1.66 6 average. Um, 6% ABV. Okay. Last week he had a beer that he said kind of tasted. It was a coffee uh, style beer as well. You liked that one more, correct? I'm sorry, uh, I, I don't remember. I Can't remember what I had last week
0: because it was actually like two weeks ago now. Yeah, um, it was. You know, yeah, I, I I would have liked that more. Okay, without even remembering what it
1: was, I can guarantee you. So. I probably like that a bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, let's check the show notes. So look at Chris's show notes for the last episode, 365. I know we, we had, had a coffee beer that day. <laughs> yeah, well, we drank a lot. I don't remember any of it. But something we do have to talk about, and we do re- remember if we remember to talk about it, are th- is the news. All the news. All the news. We want to start off with uh, some DC costume news. Yeah. And we want to end with DC costume news to get us into the Marvel costume news. Why don't we start with the Marvel costume news and then oh, okay. to DC, because we got more DC news than okay. anything else. All right, so pretty Quiet, quietly, did a little comic books run on the X-Men with uh, Grant <laughs> Morrison, Morrison. Morrison during the 90s. And uh, apparently Dark Phoenix Saga is going to be set. No, he did it in the 2000s. Yeah, off. it was in the early yeah. 2000s. Early 2000s. Right when we kind of got back into comics. Yeah, this is... This is, uh... It was a costume right after the Spandex era, right? Like, this was them in, like, more street clothes. Like. Yeah, this was, like, right after
0: X-Men came out at the box office. Right. This is
1: when they didn't need to have secret identities. So they were just wearing, like, the leather mm-hmm. jackets with the big old X's on it. Big yellow X's in the black outfits. Uh, this is... So, uh, the movie set uh, leaks have yeah. photos. The Phoenix Saga that they're going to be doing. Yep. Phoenix Saga. Uh, Dark Phoenix, uh... Blue costumes with a big yellow X on their suits. Uh, not sure if it's one piece of jumper or pants and a jacket. Can't tell because the photo was taken so, from so far away. What did you guys think of the actual look of the of the costume? I think Cyclops. Like you get to see Cyclops, he looks just like the Cyclops in the costume, you know, in the mm-hmm. comic book. He's not tall enough. Not lanky enough. All right. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it yeah. it looks like the the Frank whiteley costumes. It's basically that style. I mean, it is from a distance so it's hard to get any of the details off it, but yeah, it's like a dark costume with a big yellow X on the front.
1: So, so does this make you guys more excited or not excited? I all? like it does not move the needle for you to see this one. Uh, no, it nothing moves the needle for me on <laughs> X-Men movies anymore, honestly. Not even Jubilee because it's a 90s
0: in the 90s. Yeah, she was in uh, X-Men 3, was it? Was
1: Was she? She? Was she? Yeah. Yeah. She was in all of the X-Men movies. Like, the original trilogy is a little bit parts. After seeing X-Men Apocalypse, uh, the series is dead to me. And maybe if it's on TV, I'll catch it. But, like, that's how I caught Apocalypse because I didn't care. And I was like, this is shit. I kept on leaving the room being like, "Ah, I'll check back in see if it gets exciting. And it didn't. No, it's... They had, like, there's, like, one or two, like, cool scenes, but as a whole, the movie sucks. And I have no hope for this movie at all. Yeah, well, you also did not like the comic book series that it's based on. No, I did, because you had Zorn and stuff. That was when. You no, had... no, this is... But it's based on... Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Oh, Dark Phoenix, yes. Yes. But, yeah, but they're taking a look from the early off. But it doesn't matter, because it's, it's gonna be crap anyways. Chris, how about you? Uh... No,
0: I, I feel like I already stated everything I need to state. Like I, I don't care about X Men anymore, especially because we already got a Dark Phoenix movie with X Men Three. Yeah,
1: we didn't let's, get much of a forget, movie. We, we've already been down this path. Yeah, that was that wasn't much of a movie. So, talking about costumes, right? Talking about costumes, Chris. Your, yeah, your favorite person to be confused with one of your favorite people, John Kraschewski. He, John Krasinski. John Krasinski, the guy, the guy most likely Zachary to be confu- yep, the guy to most likely be confused for John Krasinski. Zachary Levi.
0: Yeah, uh, we got our first looks at the Shazam live-action movie costume uh, with Zachary Levi on set wearing it. Uh, it's definitely got some fake muscles to it.
1: Yeah, it looks a little padded. But it I actually—it
0: looks very padded. But it does at the same time. It looks like Shazam. Like I, I think like the colors there. It's bright. It's vibrant. Whether it's going to be depicted the same way on screen, we'll see. Because I mean, they might kind of deaden those colors out a little bit. But it looks like Shazam. It just—it looks like Zachary Levi went to a spirit Halloween store. Yeah. And was like, hey, give me that Shazam costume. I'm going to a party.
1: Yeah, uh, I loved like where his cape meets his suit. It's like got little uh, tiger head, little tokens, oh. like little medallions, oh, like little holding accounts. on. Uh, and it looks, I think it looks good. Um, when I when we first got the first teaser, I shared it with you guys and I said it looks like he's got a padded suit. Like, mm-hmm. um, seeing the costume from the front and actually better better pictures of it, I was like, oh, okay, it does look it does look pretty good. It looks great. And, then uh, um, they've been putting out little, like, teaser, kind of, really? like, people shooting films. And there's a part where Zachary Levi, like, stops a bus that's, like, out of control. And then um, you see people getting off. And he's, like, kind of pointing at them and pointing at himself and, like, making, mm-hmm. like, muscles. And then he does, like, a little kid dance, like, I saved the day! Yeah, yeah! Okay. And I saw that and I was like, all right, I'm 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 on board for this movie. It looks <laughs> It looks like they're... At least capturing that character, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be like Captain Marvel. Shazam is dark and brooding, but it looks right, right. more like it's this kid. I'm a, I'm a kid who's in a superhero body. I think I'm going to have a little bit of. And good he's actually time. having fun with it, unlike the Shazam that they introduced in Justice League the, after the rebirth. Right? Like he was kind of a yeah, dick was... kid. Yeah.
0: Right, Chris. He was. Yeah, he was He wasn't likable, which takes away a lot from. Mm-hmm. from that especially because we had such great captain marvel stuff previously but yeah
1: i, I don't know it i liked him most uh, in Justice society when he was dating star girl and it was kind of weird because nobody knew he was like a 14 year old boy <laughs> and she was like you know 17 and they're like dude you're like 30 you can't be dating a 17 year old and he's like but but i'm not yeah okay <laughs> like 'Cause he didn't want to give up that he was a kid because he was embarrassed by it. Uh but uh what some other news we have is um on the DC front is uh Cheetah being cast for Wonder Woman Two with uh Kristen Wig. Um uh, I don't I'm not a big Cheetah fan, so I don't really care about this casting. Okay, but is there a villain that you would care about? I don't know. I don't think so. So, and which cheetah are you not a fan of? Because there's been like eight any of the cheetahs. Like, I've never, I've never enjoyed any of them. They're always just like you know, I don't know. I when I think cheetah, I think of like the uh, Adam West Batman with the perfect. I'm going to get Wonder Woman. It would be perfect. Kind of just that cheesy. That's Catwoman. <laughs> that isn't even cheetah. You know, but that's just what I think about. Chris, is John wrong? No, um,
0: there's really no villains that they could put in the Wonder Woman movie to make me be like, oh, cool, I think Kristen Wiig will do well. I think it's going to be kind of fun to see her as a villain. Uh, but I basically imagine this being like Batman Returns with Catwoman, where she's going to be kind of like that awkward, nebbish villain, and then she's going to get like the cheetah powers in the jungle or whatever. However she gets I don't know, she's an archaeologist or something. Yeah, at one point. Uh, and then she's gonna become like the the badass. Um It could be an interesting role for her. But I think the first like forty minutes are gonna be just her being the Christian movie that we see in everything pretty much.
1: Well she's done some she was in the Martian, she was in she's done some heavy stuff on yeah, well, uh, the skeleton twins, which is a dramatic role for her. I, I've never seen any of that though. Um, and you know, like comedians, if you're a good comedian, like comedy is hard. Being dramatic is easy. And I mean, um, like Paul Rudd was the best part of mute and Paul Rudd played so against type and was just really menacing evil character. So maybe she can pull it off playing evil, but I, you know, it doesn't, it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm excited for it. I think... I'm excited because I do enjoy Kristen Wiig when she's on screen. Bridesmaids. I think she was the best part of Ghostbusters. It, because she was just playing herself. No, that was uh the blonde chick from SNL. Oh, uh, McKinnon? She was the best part of Ghostbusters. Like, Game McKinnon, better? I would agree. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, no, I... No, because Kristen Wiig was basically, like, the straight woman. Right. Yeah. But that's... Like, she really... What was your favorite thing she did in that movie?
1: Uh, when she was awkwardly flirting with uh, what's his name? With uh, the, the secretary. I forget the character's name. Chris Hemsworth. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> her interaction, her her reactions to Kevin were, I I, I think, were great. I don't remember. <laughs> didn't didn't work for me. Uh, I definitely, I would definitely see the movie. It def, it's, it's inter- I'd, I'd see it because I liked it enough, and hopefully, I've got uh, enough of a fan of DC f- films, and I liked the first one enough to watch it. <laughs> but it doesn't like sell me on the movie. As long as it is doesn't become a big CGI monster, she doesn't become a big CGI monster at the end. I am happy with this, uh, this film. <laughs> like
0: you know, which I mean, she, she could. I don't. Who knows? Yeah. I honestly have no idea. Uh, And I also have no idea what's going to be happening in the DC Batgirl movie. Uh, Because this happened a little while ago, actually, back in February, but we never talked about. uh, Director Joss Whedon has left the project.
1: Yeah, uh, He said it wasn't due to any real hardship or anything. It's just, what, did he say creative difference? Did he even say creative difference? No, he said he couldn't come up with... uh, He said there's just no story. He couldn't come up with a story for it. That he wanted... Uh, and I, there is like there's speculation that with the new guy uh, coming on to take over the DC films um, that they asked him to step asked him to step away because he's had some abuse stories with his wife come oh, yeah. out, and they're like, you know, maybe this guy isn't the best person to have a, a fema- exactly. attached to a female character lead like mm-hmm. this, and we will work something else out. So, and this is the guy that helmed the inside. It, what, Insidious? Insidious. Uh, conjuring? Conjuring it. Oh, wow. He's the guy that brought all those to life. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely... Um, I still have a big fan... I'm a big fan of Joss Whedon, and I would have liked to have seen what he had done. I understand <laughs> stepping away, parting ways. And also, he's got... With them trying to save... Not even trying to save Justice League, but trying to make a movie that they can make some money off of. <laughs> um, I think he's got a li- he has got a little tainted with that. All I know is uh, he stepped away from the Wonder Woman movie, and then 12 years later we finally got ourselves a Wonder Woman w- movie. So let's hope for 12 more, <laughs> more years we'll <Look> get <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, DC. Sometimes you hear stories, and it sounds like, okay, they're turning around. And then you hear stories like this, and you're like, nope, still a train wreck. Well, like, even Matt Reeves is uh, talking about walking away from Batman. (laughs) And then um, the guy who did the Lego Batman movie, who's supposed to do the Nightwing movie, he came out to say, like, I have absolutely no idea when this movie will be made. Uh, It hasn't moved forward in an inch since I signed on with it. Do you guys think it's time that DC just gives gives up on the connected universe thing and just like just lets directors and writers just do whatever they want with the characters and just be yes. like let's just have fun yeah. with it?
0: I I feel like it's, like trying to work with that connective tissue is just proving too yeah. hard because yeah we have Um, Aquaman is going to be the next one out. And that's supposed to be like December. I yeah, I think. Uh, and then.
1: It's been done. I
0: haven't heard anything else about Flash. I don't know when Shazam's supposed to be coming out. Water Woman's gonna be probably like the next one after that, then, just based
1: off of yeah, what actually are going
0: mm-hmm. or a Suicide Squad because I guess they're working on that. But yep. even then, like, how big of a success can that movie be just with the foul taste from the other one? I don't. But
1: pe- people want to see it. People liked that uh, Suicide Squad movie. They liked it so much that we're getting a Joker movie. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, based off of uh, the origin story of the Joker from The Killing Joke. Which, I, I think I'm with you guys saying that we don't want to see an origin of the Joker. No, the Joker works the best when he is that enigma, that unstoppable, chaotic force. I mean, that was what was fun about the Joker that we saw in uh, Dark Knight, was... You know, Do you want to know how I got these scars, and he'd tell this different story every time. And that's the origin of the Joker is he has no origin. Yeah. So what, you know, I it's just like maybe maybe this will make us money. It's it's what I feel like. DC's plan is maybe this. People like this, right? Maybe this. Chris, will will DC will you get any? Will you give DC any money? Um,
0: the Joker? <laughs> probably not, because I haven't given DC money since Wonder Woman. Uh, and I didn't even see Suicide Squad. Like, I'll get around to it eventually whenever we do our DC comic, uh, comic movie retrospective. The, why do we hate right. ourselves that much? <laughs> well, you know, it could be fun to talk about, though. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, you know, even the Marvel movies we dislike are still really like, pretty solid. I just don't know how much of Killing Joke they can do when so much of it is based off of the actual Batman universe at that time. I mean, cause mm-hmm. you do have him working like against Batman and Commissioner Gordon, and that's where they actually paralyzed Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. So is it literally just going to be like, oh, okay, well, he's the failed comedian, and now we have like just his descent story, and doesn't really touch on anything else from the Killing Joke, because... If that's the case, then just it's inspired by the Killing Joke. It's not mm-hmm. really the Killing Joke.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the origin from the Killing Joke. So I think what you just said is correct. So at, at that
0: point, then it's just oh, he's he's a comedian who sucked at his job. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that that doesn't make it an intriguing movie anymore,
1: right? And it is also what they did with um, the character in uh, Gotham right now. who's was that failed comedian. Oh, I don't know anything about uh,
0: Gotham. I, I will say that guy did a good job with the role though. I haven't watched Gotham in a while, so I don't know if they continued to kinda of pull that thread with him actually being the Joker or like someone that was like inspiring the Joker later on.
1: Wait and he also uh, he's but, got the face that's been removed and sewn back on right now too. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: Wow. I thought the whole thing with Gotham they said that every season they would like tease a different Joker. Like they would tease they are like, oh, maybe this guy will become the Joker. Oh, maybe this guy. Like every season. And I, I think that was the thing in the first, first season, season. And then they just got away from it. Everybody loved the Penguin coming out of that first season.
0: i like, oh. No, I think, like, yeah, the Penguin was good. I like the Riddler a lot. The guy that plays him does. That was, like, creepy, uh, neurotic really well. Hmm.
1: Better than uh, Jim Carrey? Yeah. Sorry.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Um, I will s- the one thing that Gotham Riddler has over Jim Carrey Riddler is something called Nuance oh. <laughs> doesn't always involve just yelling words at a camera
1: rub me this it's
0: not the Ace Venturing uh,
1: of uh, is, the DC Universe
0: is that going to move us out of DC are we going to head into Marvel stuff now
1: yeah yeah. yeah. what's happening over at Marvel Some- uh,
0: Something that happened a little bit ago, we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Uh, Avengers moving up to April twenty seventh release date, away from their stranglehold on the first weekend of March that they've, or first weekend of May that they've had uh, since they launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: And what a ballsy move! Just because uh, Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey uh, Jr. the Robert Downey Jr. asked for it? You know, and the Marvel, even though they're like a billion dollar company. They just say, like, like, oh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. wants this on Twitter. and uh, they, Where's that coming from? Because that's how they announced it. Uh, Robert oh, Downey man. Jr. on Twitter, like, at the the Disney, you know, said, hey, uh, I'm so excited for the Avengers to come out Infinity War. We've been working on this for years. Can't wait to see it. And they're like, oh, either, either can we, Robert Downey Jr. And then he's like, any chance I could see it earlier? And he's like, and then Disney's like, oh, we can set up a screening for you, yeah, a special screening for you. And he's like, what if I invite some friends? And they're like, okay, well, how many? And he's like, everybody. And they're like, what? Yeah, the whole world. And he's like, and then Disney's like, it's for you, Robert Downey Jr. We'll do it. That's, I thought it was a fun play. Uh, I paraphrased the Twitter thing. I guess you guys don't care. No, we do. I was just waiting for you to yeah, that was it. scene. End scene. End scene. <laughs> Uh, I think what it, uh, half of it was moving it forward was to get um, a little more distance from Deadpool and Solo with them both coming out in May. Yeah, they get three more weeks. Originally, they had two weeks in between, I think, right? Yeah.
0: And well, I also think this puts it closer to Black Panther, which also just crossed a billion dollars at the box office. So they're not necessarily trying to ride on the coattails of the last 10 years of stuff that they've done, because... Clearly, this is what everything's been building up to, but the Black Panther hype hasn't died down at all, and the closer you can, uh, or sooner you can get people into Wakanda, I think the better, because <laughs>
1: people people are going to want to go see that now. Oh yes! Yeah. as soon as I saw, uh, spoilers for the end credits of uh, Black Panther, as soon as I saw Bucky come out of the hut, I'm like, yes, let's just... Keep going. Let's start. Start the next movie. Start the next movie. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I,
0: I knew Bucky had to be showing up at some point in Black Panther, and I'm I'm glad they saved him for the end, like that post-credits tease. But at the mm-hmm. same time, when like things were going down, and like they have all the armies, so I was like, just like freeze Bucky, like that dude. Just give him a gun; he'll be good. Mm-hmm. Just tell him like shoot at the
1: people in the blue capes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is, my one thing with the Black Panther is. You know, honestly, T'Challa, he was reacting constantly. Like, he yeah. never felt like he was in control of his own story in that movie. I, I feel like I haven't seen Black
0: Panther again since I went, like, the weekend that came out. I'm, I really want to go check it out one more time because I'm this way with all, like, the newer Marvel movies where my first watch through is me being nitpicky fanboy. And then, like, second viewing and onward or where I can kind of enjoy the movie a little bit more. Okay. Uh, he has such a great supporting cast in that movie that everyone kind of steals the show around him, and it really didn't feel like his movie anymore. Uh, I was talking to someone at work about this. It's like I, I would rather see a movie about uh, Shuri. His his like uh, well Shuri's awesome, oh. but like Nakia, like okay uh, the
1: bottom.
0: yeah the his, uh, his ex. Oh oh the ex, I'm sorry. His ex who's like the spy with like the ring blades because mm-hmm. i want to know more about her character like she was really cool i think she still liked the scene in every scene that she was in um but yeah even the general like the leader of his guard like badass how
1: about a black uh, widow came up every,
0: with uh, everyone's loving like mbaku right now too and i don't blame them he was probably like my second favorite character coming out of that he had the best joke <laughs> he was like, "Oh, we're vegetarian <laughs> We're gonna eat you."
1: Just kidding. We're vegetarians. <laughs> that's we're, um, we're vegetarian. My
0: my little bit of fanboy uh, guesstimating about what will happen coming out of everything though is Tony Stark dies in Infinity War, but Shuri kind of steps into that role, and then they make her like an Iron Heart type character. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing is gonna happen.
1: But why? I I understand that, and I think that's gonna be the big, the the big. Uh, that's where like, the smart money is, but uh, I, I kind of don't want them to make to combine two cool characters. Like let Remy Re- Williams be Riri Williams, and let Cherry be as cool as she is. You know, let her be the cute. Well, she can, I mean she can
0: still do that and just step into that role. I mean, nothing against Riri Williams, but I think if she so they do. have a character that's already been introduced. And people are really responding to with Shuri. Like, you can kind of meld those characters together and have it mean something to these people. And then they might want to like step into the comics and be like, oh, let me know more about who this character is in reality. Because, no, it's not going to really affect too much, I don't think. But I I don't read Iron Man, so I could be wrong.
1: And Shuri had the second best joke. I call him Sneakers.
0: Yeah, that was really good.
1: <laughs> those, those are my top two jokes from uh, Black Panther. Thanks, everybody.
0: Uh, I did I tell you guys this joke? I read it online, like right after the movie came out, and I thought it was so damn clever. I might have shared it with you. No. Uh, about how uh, Andy Serkis and oh, what's his name, Martin Freeman were the only. White people in the whole cast.
1: Okay.
0: And it's funny that they both starred in the Hobbit movies because that made them the Tolkien white guys. Oh! Oh, That's good. Someone put that up on Twitter and I was like, wow, that's really, really Mm -hmm. fucking clever. They're the Tolkien white guys.
1: (laughs) That's
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What else do we have? Anything? Oh, uh, kind of still on the Marvel side of things and moving into Star Wars, announced this. Uh, weekend that John Favreau is actually going to be stepping into write and executive produce the Star Wars Netflix Disney show that we're getting. Well, whatever they wind up calling oh, their uh, their streaming thing.
1: Man, every week it seems like they're adding more and more to the streaming service. That makes me like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to buy the streaming service now. Like CBS, I was hoping I can I can score it for free. Is CBS All Access, still not interested in it. CW Seed is that the pay service? I don't even know. No, even if I think that one's free. it's yeah, you free, you have to go onto mm-hmm. the website. I'm not watching those series, but you know the CW app. I watched that's how I'm watching The Flash, and now isn't that app? the Seed? No, the Seed is uh like they're, it's like shows that were on that, uh, that okay. you can now catch reruns, and also like produced just for that that uh, thing, like shows that basically got like never got picked up by any kind of network. It seems like. Um, okay. That's on the seat. Uh, some interesting stuff on there. Like, there's a. Like, never mind. Uh, keep it moving. Let's not pull yeah, myself. I, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I'm hoping he. I mean, there's such a wealth of great characters already in the Star Wars universe to to use and do more stuff with. Um, one of those characters I think we wind up talking about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, at the same time, I I'd like to see what he can bring to
1: the table. Yeah, yeah. Practical effects. That's what Jon Favreau is known for. For science fiction, for his work, Iron Man. That first Iron Man movie looks great. It holds up because I think of his commitment to practical effects. Uh, I think he has that kind of right kind of humor for Star Wars. That rough humor, where it's like the working man kind of humor, like not over the top. Yeah,
0: in like an unrealistic world. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: and I'm that's the perfect way to put it. yeah. I'm. That it's that bad, really Larry's. Like a... I'm. <laughs> oh yeah, you got the best words now. Uh, no, I, I, I think he's. Yeah, I'm really freaking good with words, and that's bad or whatever. <laughs> he, <laughs> when you use bad words, it's only at the best time. Uh, no, I, I I'm really excited to see what John Favreau does with it. Uh, I hope he doesn't star in it because. I don't like any. I don't like any of the characters John Favreau plays. Even so happy. What you are saying is
0: you hope he has a cameo
1: at least. No, okay, I gotcha. don't want a cameo. No cameo for John Favreau. Happy Star Hogan shows up in the background. here <laughs> <character laughs> uh, Gotcha. Don't want it. I never liked <laughs> him because he's not likable on screen.
0: Like I started kind of assuming that they were going to move more into um, like the Star Wars Rebels stuff because Rebels just ended. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense to move that creative team to a new project, and this would make sense. Uh, but no,
1: I, I don't know. But I think, Sorry, what were you saying, Paul, about you don't like him on screen? I, I just, I never find him, like, he doesn't, he has this air about him anytime he's on screen where he's immediately unlikable. Like, I just, I'm so off-put by him. He, seems, he always comes off like, it's such a bro on screen. Like, I, I'm like, oh man, that guy's going to give me a wedgie. Like, that's how I feel. But I thought the animated people, they already have worked out what the next series is. And they're working on it. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I heard about that on, uh, like, Disney Ditch Podcast or something. That they're... It's, they it's plan. very well
0: possible. I mean, just with the lead-up time that they would need for animation, just to get, like, all of your concept stuff done. But I haven't seen the final episode of Rebels yet. I know that they do kind of bookend it, where they say like okay well here's how things end and mm-hmm. here's where these characters go now and you know if you find out where they go cool if you don't well it's a mystery mm-hmm.
1: spoilers it's real- all fun. i know um, is uh, a that's lives
0: yeah and uh,
1: actually uh, i
0: went back and i, I watched that scene because i was able to find it on youtube nice and it was cool uh i think anyways john john you haven't said anything in a while so, uh, do you have thoughts or do you, anything you want to move it into
1: uh what i would like to move it into and something we forgot to talk about was uh the nine movies for marvel has announced that are going to be coming oh, from yeah. 2020 to 2022 they just released dates yes yeah and it's up to us can we do this one year? What happened with that? There was a list that we made where we're like, oh, these are the movies that are going to be oh filled God, in. Yeah. yeah, we did that yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> we got to find that list and see if any of us were right. Like it was before Dr. Strange came out and yeah, we're like, I mean, Oh, it Dr. was Strange like, is coming it was, we did like, we, we voted like Namor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think we concluded it. We, we I think we're we, at the end of that book ended it and said when we were right or wrong. Cause they announced that's when they announced Inhumans and Black Panther and all of that. I think that we were all wrong about Inhuman. But yes, even Marvel <laughs> was wrong about Inhumans. Yes. Uh, so yeah, but we have those nine films in so uh, two we, years. We know at
0: least two of them though, with Spider-Man: Homecoming to that's
1: that's coming out in 2019.
0: Yeah, that's but that's one of the like, quote unquote Phase Four, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will be 2020. Uh, But that one's one of the ones that doesn't have, like, a solid date. But there's also something May 1st, 2020, August 7th, 2020, November 6th, 2020. um, And then also Spider-Man 3 is another expected one.
1: Spider-Man 2 is supposed to be July 5th, 2019. Well, you have to imagine that the earliest date possible is going to be Black Panther 2. Like, because it's not on the schedule yet. But Black Panther two, I think they were going to want to crank out the door, even though Infinity War looks like it's kind of Black Panther one point five. Yeah, it's
0: kind of like how Civil War was
1: Avengers <laughs> three point five. Yeah, yeah. But I I think that's you know one billion dollars worldwide. It's a surprise hit. It's it's the one that people are walking out of the theaters most excited about. Like I I think that's it. Black Widow they announced. But we don't have a date for it. That's going to be in there. You said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Doctor Strange Two. We don't have a date for yet. Yeah. Does it need a two, Doctor Strange? I think it, I think that depends on Infinity War and where we where he's left I, off. Yeah. yeah. I, think,
0: I think they can do some interesting things with that character too, especially if they delve more deeply into like the magic side of the universe. Um. Mm-hmm. Rumor is Thor won't be around after Infinity War as well, just because, you know, a lot of these actors are moving on to different stuff. So we'll probably have a some sort of new Thor, whether it's like Valkyrie or something. I'm assuming we'll have a different Captain America, whether it's Bucky there's some, or someone else stepping into the role.
1: Yeah, there's some characters I don't mind them like doing a legacy thing with and there's other characters I'm like, you don't need to one-on-one replacement of. And that's why I'm like, ah, I don't really want to see a one-on-one replacement of Iron Man. Let Shiri be Shiri. Let her do her cool thing. Like, let, you know, I don't need somebody to fill that void. Because just let there be a void. Let the universe feel like there is a part missing because of their absence, you know, because I think it makes a richer universe for it. Because you don't replace everybody in your life, you know, just because they're gone. I'm grabbing the beer for the next one. And he's ready with it. He's, he's got, oh, uh, well let's, uh, are we done with the news or was there anything else? I think that was news, right? I don't know. Did you, Chris, did you steal Stan Lee's $1.2 million worth of comic books out of his house? I did not. Oh, okay. I really don't have space for comic books anymore. Uh, was that you? Is that how we are reporting so many beers? nope all right but wasn't me either you know how you know because i still have my beard Mm. (laughs) your plan is to steal a bunch of money and shave your beard Oh, shave my beard and dye my hair and start wearing contacts nobody will recognize nobody will recognize you (laughs) there's no pictures of me without my beard nobody will recognize it's a long cock face (laughs) i call it a cock face oh (laughs) jeez chris (laughs) did you want to take a break
0: yeah, let's take a quick pause. I'm going to run to the bathroom quick, and I'm going to rinse my glass so I can pour my second beer. I do have a fourth one if like, I do feel like up to it when we get to that point.
1: So, Remember, so John, don't hit pause. I'm not. What's no pausing.
0: Before? Just like, Paul, don't turn your microphone off.
1: Okay, I won't. I won't mm-hmm. get yelled at.
0: Right, and before we get into the next segment, which is always going to be the list, which is the kind of what we're most looking forward to coming out, uh, it's time to talk about another beer. And
1: I'm really excited to hear what you guys have next. We have Article City from Empire Brewing. This is a Northeast-style IPA. I was at the brewery cool. and working on the canning line to can this beer. Uh, it smelled really amazing in the brewery, because uh, you have a lot of beer getting spilled while you're doing the canning line. Uh, it was really kind of cool to be there while the beer was being canned. Uh I was also handed a beer that had just gotten canned, And this is supposed to be Empire's big New England-style IPA. And uh, when I was past the beer and I took a sip, I went, oh, it's really malty. Where's the juiciness? And they also call it – the reason they call it Particle City is because one of their dude guys was there, and when he looked at the glass, went – Oh, man, look at it. It's like a particle city in my glass. It is, is it unfiltered? Is there, like,
0: a lot of haze? Uh,
1: no, it's not. It looks like and tastes like a normal double IPA. Uh, and normal, I mean just that big multi sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing about this beer screams New England or Northeast style. Uh, it's really crappy. We poured it out because it's it's... It doesn't deliver on what it's supposed to be, and it's not the it's not best of IPA you can have. Mm-hmm. I think it, we did it a disservice by having the XPA 6.2 first. Well, I thought this beer would get better in the can. You've had it outside of mm-hmm. us doing. I it haven't right had. I haven't minded the beer, but it is the one beer that I've left in my fridge the longest. Like, I had a, I had a four pack of it, and I still have two of them left. I think this might be one of them. That I brought over, because I there uh, after drinking the first one, there was nothing to it that made me be like, oh yeah, I want to drink the next one. I'm like, oh, what else do I have? I'll drink those instead. So that says something about that beer uh, lo- alone. I don't think it's a bad. It's out of style for the Just, New England style for what IVA, they're calling it. For what it, is, it doesn't but match. For what it is, it's not a bad beer. It doesn't taste gross. It's not undrinkable. It isn't, but don't go buying this beer thinking you're getting a new england style ipa think that you're getting just a a multi like west coast ipa and you'll be like all right that's a good that's decent for uh, a utter west Creek. Coast. utter creek just released like this tall boy four pack of uh, the beckburner uh no it's called uh, head charge oh and it's in that realm it's supposed to be a more of a new england mm-hmm. style but it is a super crushable double ipa Think of just like a better Little version giant? of uh, Two Roads. Um, oh, too juicy! Not too juicy. The uh, the regular double IPA. Um, what I uh, can't remember what it's something called. Something evil. Snake, snake. Bite. Oh, snake bite. Or um, snake. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's just a it's just a really good crushable double IPA. And shoulders above Particle City. Hmm. Um, Particle City. I think this is one of the bigger letdowns of. This quote-unquote style of beer that we've had on the show or have had personally in our drinking okay. lives, yeah, but from Empire Brewing, which has let me down on almost every single beer, this is I think this is their stand-up beer. This is the best of what they offer. Too bad they're marketing it they wrong. They have a coffee scotch ale that is really good. Okay, well I haven't had that yet. I still like their White Afro, which is their white. They're white ale. They're Belgian white. They're Belgian white, which reminds me a lot of uh, how Holy Moses used to be, which I was, which was my favorite white. Drink. You know, it's out now. I know, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's not as good as it used to be. Like, it isn't. It's a step down. But I feel like we went on way too long on this beer that we both <laughs> didn't really enjoy that much. So, Chris, what are you drinking?
0: No, it, it, it sounds like you didn't enjoy it for what it was marketed as versus what it was. Mm -hmm. I think that's happened with a couple different beers that we've had on the show. Like when you think of it in one respect, it's, it's not great, but if you just drink it as a different style, it's not bad.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: That's not something I can say about this one though. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about this voodoo brewery from Pennsylvania on this, uh, podcast has to do about craft beer and comic books called the Bacon broadcast. Uh, I was excited to see they actually made their way down here to Florida. Uh, only two different options available, so I picked oh. up both of them. But this is the Hoodoo, their IPA. Ooh, uh, it's oh. pronounced IPA? <laughs> no. IPA, okay, sorry, it's an IPA. Uh, 7.3% ABV, unfiltered. It's got a little bit of haze to it. That's why I was asking about what yours was mm-hmm. like with Particle City, just because I kind of wanted to auditorily compare the two uh, to mine visually. Uh, this is just a great drinkable IPA. I've never had this one before. The only stuff I've actually had from Voodoo was like those big limited release bottles that you guys would so lovingly make the trip to go get and then <laughs> I would just reap the benefits for it. Yeah, that's a barrel um, room collection. Yeah, This is definitely something that I could see being one of my go-to IPAs if I go to a bar somewhere and I I just want something and this is what they have on tap. Um, I'm going to take another sip because i been talking for a little bit. Yeah.
1: On Friday or Saturday, they did a tap takeover at Angry Chair, a brewery that we have visited multiple times. I wish I had known about that. I would have gone down there. I should
0: probably like them on Facebook or something. Um,
1: I guess it was a it was a shit show with like, it was way many bottle people. releases and they've yeah. been having problems with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, probably a good thing that I didn't know. Um, no, this is delightful. It's, got like a nice hype uh, like piney like resin to it but you still get a lot of hops to it um, just looking at the back real quick cuz it says it's brewed with seven different hop varieties all starting with the letter c <laughs> <laughs> so citra love it chinook like it i'm trying to guess which ones they are oh. i don't know what else there are citra century
1: cardamom Ch- uh I like to hook. I like I like Citra. Citra, probably my top. for of the hop. Top of the hop. Centennial. Oh, Centennial. Yeah. The, oh, Centennial. I would go yeah. Centennial. Sure yeah, been. that's a good one. That balances out. That so eight. that's five so far, right
0: there. Sweet. But I I really dig this beer. Um, since this is something that's not a beer you can usually find down here, it was four dollars uh, four dollars for the bottle. Sorry. Uh, I'm thinking about my words too much, and it's causing me to stutter. I apologize. Um, I don't know if I would pay $4 for a bottle again, but if I saw it on tap somewhere, I would order a pint of it. So, yeah, I guess I think this is definitely worth the price. I'm really looking forward to the other one that I got, though. Nice. But yeah, this is just a great drinkable IPA, and it's, it's hot. Yeah. Uh, for today, I would definitely love to just be drinking this at a bar outside somewhere.
1: Awesome. And uh, what book are you looking forward to coming out March 14th, 2018?
0: Well, I will tell you what book that I am looking forward to coming out this week. And this is actually a new number one, and it's coming out from IDW. I haven't picked up anything from IDW in a while. And this is Highest House number one. Just kidding. <laughs> that was the book from last week that I picked up. Didn't get a chance to talk about it, though because we didn't record. Uh, but it's written by Mike Carey and Peter Gross, the creative team behind *The Unwritten* from *Vertigo*, which I really dug a while back. Uh, but the book that I'm picking up this week is actually going to be um, *Detective Comics* number nine seven six. I still really dig *Detective Comics*, but it's just kind of one of those books that pops up and then I and then I buy it because this is my kind of go-to Bat family book now. Um, but I still really dig it, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading Highest House.
1: A book from DC that I am still digging and have been chomping at the bit for the next one, because it's been about two months since we've gotten it, is Tom King and Mitch Gerald's America Man number 7. Uh, where this book left off, I just can't wait for it. Uh, and also, uh, Entertainment Weekly called this book by far the best comic on the stands right now and i agree wow. i agree mm. you know what i agree you know what i like i actually I, you, you like turtles i know <laughs> well, i have no nothing against turtles but just because they became they were released as dlc for justice league 2 doesn't mean i mean i'm rushing out to play more justice league Two, injustice too in the video games the fighting game? You yeah, I know. Miss, you called it Justice, or... Justice League. Uh, did I call it Injustice? No, you called it Justice League. Oh, well, then I screwed up. I know. And then I screwed up by saying Injustice League. <laughs> we're turning ourselves around. <laughs> okay, well, sorry, I just saw your picture, John. That is pretty hazy. That's, <laughs> no, that's uh, the one we're drinking right now. Oh, that's the other sure. one. Okay, my bad. Uh, it's just like uh, turning things around, uh, like any dad screams at their children while going on a road trip. Uh, Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm are on a cosmic uh, road trip looking for Sue and Reed uh in marvel's two and one uh this is their the fourth issue because it's getting double shipped and i keep on losing track of it so i'm gonna have to pick up uh issue three and issue four kind of together and uh keep on on this journey Three ninety nine though so i'm kind of happy that i'm missing that in between episode issue so that way i'm picking up the other one cheaper you know saving that dollar
0: it's okay for you to pick a book for the list, but then not actually buy it, and then just you be, mean like, like, grab it eventually when they're on sale, because that's what I do with a lot of stuff. <laughs> you mean
1: like I kind of do every month when you're like, Paul, did you buy that book yet? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> just did. Or <laughs> right. I just like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. It's there. It's there. It's like, right after I get downloaded. <laughs> don't worry. I've already purchased Highest House.
0: Um, Okay. I'd, see, that's one that I wouldn't mind like putting down the four bucks for okay, you, you do what you want to do buddy yeah. but I mean if you already bought, I it, bought I, it I don't feel the need to. but just you know just saying it I I believe in Mike Gary. I know Paul yeah you're not a big fan of his and that's something we can actually talk about when we uh take a look back at that mm-hmm. after
1: this month's over I'm a big fan of his premises it's not a fan of his actual writing like, everything, every time I see a book come out from him, I'm like, oh, cool, cool, that's a cool premise. And then I start to read it, and I'm like, it's a world's words log, and I just can't get through it. It just, in the minutia of it, I just, big picture, like it, when he tries to go through it, I'm, I lose interest. I would disagree. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I thought, uh, just recently, too, he wrote, uh, based off of his novel, he wrote the screenplay for... Um, the girl with all the gifts, and it was a movie, and I thought it was one of the best sci-fi movies of that year. It was great, cool. Uh, and a I lot have of it, not heard a that. lot of it was the the concept, but it also was the delivery. Hmm. And uh, so I maybe disagree. So maybe the book that we're not even picking for this week's list, when we do it for a look back, we can see where I'm at with that one. <laughs> but you know what's happening right now. What's that? Another beer. <laughs> you thought it was going to be dramatic reading, it didn't did. you? But we always do beer first. Come on, John. Do we? Get your head out of the microphone and into your glass. Are you drinking? It. It's the cans in front of you. This is, what, this is what you brought oh, this to the table. This is Captain Lawrence Brewing Company uh, outside of New York City, right? It's mm-hmm. like in Poughkeepsie. Mm-hmm. Uh This is their powdered drink. So this is uh, an Indian Pale Ale, dry hop with mosaic, lup lupian lupulin. Lupulin, which is werewolf powder, right? Uh, it is powder. Lupian. <laughs> Lupin. It is made. Uh, I it's became a, a lichen throat. throat. It's a powder made from hops. Okay. So, so, kinda, so when I swallow it, in my throat, throat, throat. because it's lichen. It's yeah. a lichen throat. No, you lichen the beer. Oh. And citra hops. Hey. Uh, that was a good turnaround. I really. Good job, man. <laughs> uh, this beer is great. This is uh this isn't, I wouldn't call this quite juicy, but it's hazy. It's got a nice juiciness to it. Mm-hmm. I really like this. If I mean, this, I think, fits in the category of this New nice England-style yeah. beers. Mm-hmm. And what I also like about this is it's the first Captain Lawrence beer in years that I've had and liked. Uh, most of their beers I have not been a fan of. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I went to the brewery, I joined their... Club And spent more money and got a specialty glass and got put on a list that anytime I go there, I get discounted, uh, discounted beers and discounted drinks. And uh, I never uh, followed through with doing that again or going there again because I was like, you know what? Uh, I wish I had tasted their beers before I signed up for this club. But this is a beer from them that I actually would go back to and drink. Uh, I think this is uh, Superb. Do you remember how much you paid for this ball? No, no, no. <laughs> I'd imagine somewhere between thirteen and fourteen bucks. You know what I uh, was if it doing? Was, if it was like a ten buck four pack, I think it would be the best thing on the market right now. When I bought this, you know what I was doing? Chris knows. Chris knows what I was doing when I bought this. Howling at the moon. No, I was treating myself.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I was thinking like I don't. Know. Like, I, was, I didn't hear any mention of cinnamon. <laughs> so
1: I don't, I don't it. <laughs> <it>? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Following oh, of yeah, the moon yeah. Now this is seven point five alcohol by volume, which is kind of crazy because on a tapped it came up as middle of the road. So this is a <laughs> still a higher A B V. It's uh for just an Indian pale ale. It's not a double. So yeah. I I was like, Oh, middle of the road, good. I, I can I could drink a whole one of these and then I'm like, Nope, seven point five, you gotta slow it on down. And Chris, what are you drinking?
0: I'm still finishing up my hoodie. Remember, we oh, yeah. threw out oh, yeah. our beer. Yeah, you oh yeah, we threw out your beer, but we still <laughs> talked about it. So I'm a little bit behind. That's there. right. You, you, um, but you know, by the time we finish whatever we do next on the show, I'll probably be ready to pour my next one. Mm. And now, a dramatic
1: reading from DC Comics Sideways, number one, page 12, panel Three. <laughs> okay, everyone, put your phones away and take your seats. The universe may be infinite, but this class is not. Let's get moving, shall we? And that was a dramatic reading from Sideways, you one, page 12, panel 3. <laughs> oh boy
0: (laughs) and now we're going to head into our monthly trade-in policy our main talk alright I'm going to wait for 110 you're alright I got it just go I got it
1: I got the time written down we're good I'm in the ballpark that's going to head us into our
0: (laughs) Uh, whoever thought drinking and doing a podcast would be a good idea everybody that's going to Everybody always. Three That's nations. gonna head us
1: into our. God damn it! I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going. I thought you wanted a list of all the podcasts you thought that won't, like drinking while doing while doing a podcast. So I thought that was the question. I'm sorry. I wanted the answer. I'm like Hermione Granger over here. To me. <laughs> so 110 perfect time, Chris. God, I was gonna go again.
0: <laughs> That's going to head us into our main topic, which this month it's time for our monthly trade policy. And, hey, this is one of my picks. And, luckily, I bought a lot of Star Wars trade paperbacks when they were on sale back when Last Jedi came out. And this is a character I kind of wanted to get to know more about. And this is Dr. Aphra, volume number one, Aphra, by Kieran Gillen, with art by Kev Walker. And this is more, or the continuing story of the archaeology, Archaeologist, oh my god, I can't say that word after drinking. Archaeologist that was introduced back in the original Darth Vader series, also written by Kieran Gillen. Um, and this is kind of her continuing story where she's parted ways with Vader. I feel bad I didn't keep up on that story, so I don't know what the thought was.
1: Uh, but this is more of her just kind of doing her thing. Yeah, apparently she picked uh, her own death to convince Vader she died, so that way she could get away from Vader. It's mentioned
0: in the very first issue. So, uh, I, I do want to see more of this character, so I do plan on going back. And hey, good thing too, because I, I think I bought all of those books yeah. they were dirt cheap. Um, the way this book starts off, I was kind of thinking, like, wow, this could be an indie book. This could be just telling the story of some other crazy archaeological uh, <laughs> digger in like... A crazy sci-fi universe but it's just kind of in the trappings of star wars and it's not until like the third issue in the straight paperback where it really starts tying into the larger star wars universe where you start seeing stormtroopers pop up imperial forces are more of a thing they're on yavin 4 at that point i was like okay no this is definitely a star wars book and it starts off so strong that like I was just buying into this character even more now. And when she debuted in Darth Vader, I think it was like number three or four when that series first started up. I was already interested because she's kind of like that badass Indiana Jones, but she's actually badass. Like she's playing on... The opposite side of the field, and I feel like this is her kind of last crusade because you get her teaming up with her <laughs> father after she's lost her her doctorate, so she can no longer officially call herself Doctor Afra. And I I was hooked. I can't
1: wait to read more of this. I uh, I in inla- I liked the book. Um, the one <laughs> thing that kind of took me out of the book was the flashback to her past of how she got her doctorate um that part i was like i know they were doing that to let you know why her father or what her father Mm -hmm. did to get her loser doctorate uh but that was the part that kind of took me out of the book because i was that first issue i was loving with the bad wookie the killer robots like i was like uh, loving that little world Uh, and then I was like, oh, her dad who's dressed up like a monk okay, issue two and then issue two is this flashback and it made me also kind of dislike her character well I I don't know if this is going to change
0: how you feel at all Um, so let me know but that flashback was actually a backup in a different Star Wars comic book I don't remember which one it was it says in there Um, so if you were just reading like the Dr. Afro book, it would have left off with her meeting her father and then picked up right after that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to see where this was printed in.
1: Well, you look at that. I'm going to agree with John completely because that is the issue where I'm like, Oh, this is Dr. Afro with agency. Like, because in that first issue, I'm like, Oh, kind of like how I complained about T'Challa and Black Panther where he's just reacting to the scenario. Uh, I felt like Dr. Aphra was just kind of, she never really set anything up to really play off of everybody. Like she was just reacting. Oh, the Cynic kid is here. Uh, no, I own it with this Wookiee money too. And he's pretty upset. And I was like, this is like, it's a dark universe version of Han Solo and Chewbacca right now with a dark, like the mustache version of Captain Kirk and Spock, you know? But honestly, that's even how
0: it was, though, when she appeared in the Darth Vader comic because she had Triple Zero, her evil C-3PO, and BT-1, who is her evil R2-D2. And then you have this other Wookiee who's kind of
1: on her case because he owes her money. Right. Well, instead of the Wookiee having a life debt to Han Solo, she has a huge debt owed to the Wookiee, and he's there to make sure... He can collect on the investment, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's that dark mirror uh, universe kind of flip in that second issue or was it the third? I'm not even sure where it's explaining like how she basically was set up by her, you know, uh, doctorate advisor fail. She, he's like, no, no matter what you do, I'm failing you. You're never going to become a archaeologist because. From day one, I didn't like you. So through you, I, I This is you. You will not get past me. And she comes up with a clever way to get past this guy. Like she outsmarts him, and then I'm like, okay, this is a character I can get behind.
0: The the backup actually was in issue number one. So, like I said, John, I don't know if it changes your thoughts, but after you read that initial issue. You would have had that kind of history of the character, and then got to know more about it at the end of number two. Where you find out that she's she's lost her doctorate. I,
1: I think I would have liked I would have preferred that better. Like if I was reading issue to issue, because I would have been like, oh, there's a there's a backup in an issue. So hey, I'm ready for number two. Oh, now I'm getting this little extra side piece. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I think it would have changed how I liked the character. <laughs> uh, and then we end up eventually on Gavin Four, which is kind of like No Paul drinking oh, IPA <laughs> IPA number five. <laughs> oh, okay, we're, we're already in the beer. <laughs> like, normally we wait John, until we you go into the art. That, you? Wow, that is a John. You know what? Your, your first ultimate like playoff. And that hap- was that great. Happened, this
0: one probably even better that happened in,
1: a, in an instant, because I just looked at the can when Paul said four, and I was like, no, five. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna throw that out there. Uh, Paul and I are drinking, Paul being forced to drink it by me. IPA number five from Collective Arts. This is a limited edition um, rotating IPA thing that they do. New England style double IPA with Citra and Simcoe Hops. 8.2%. And it's very good. It is, uh, and I was worried how it would taste after doing the Captain Lawrence, and it stands up to the Captain Lawrence. It does. Uh, Captain Lawrence had a much more sweetness to to it. Uh, again, we're we're heavy on the Citra hops, though I'm not getting that much juice yet. It like, might just because my tongue isn't acclimated. Like maybe I need a couple more sips to really get in there. You get nice juiciness at it, the and end. The juicy is kind of the sweetness. Mm. I'm getting a lot of the Simcoe at the end, which I'm enjoying. I, I think this has a great aftertaste. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it lets you know uh, rest in peace. The cram, right, the girl from the cranberries has passed away. Right? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Dolores are weird, Uh You know, I'm enjoying.
0: Paul, did you have to let that linger? I. That's what
1: I would point to. I'm, I'm enjoying letting this beer linger, uh, in her honor. <laughs> uh, so you know, every time I take a sip, I'm like, I could take another one. You know what? got plenty of flavor there so i'm good like i don't need to immediately go back for another sip another hit so i'm really enjoying this so chris are you are you drinking another beer i am and this is
0: my second voodoo brewery that i picked up today and this is the voodoo love child this is their belgian style ale aged on fruit at 9.2 percent it does list on the side that the fruit that's this has aged on is passion fruit, cherries, and raspberries. And when I start taking my first couple sips of this, I was definitely still in hoodoo IPA territory. Um, now that I've kind of become a little bit more acclimated to it, uh, which is something that I was like going through as you were talking about letting it linger on your mm-hmm. tongue, Paul, uh, so I was like, I totally get what he's saying right now. I, I'm definitely warming up to this beer a little bit more because... It's definitely that Belgian style. You get that just like heavy yeastiness right up front, but then it's chased by like a nice, like tartness from the cherries and the raspberries, and they play together really well. Um, I'm I'm really digging this. I think this would be something that I would gladly drink more of just over any other regular salad like clod.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a really good Belgian. <laughs>
0: Those, those cherries are great.
1: I put it above I, Three I, Philosophers I, from Omega.
0: I was about to oh. say that's kind of like my go-to. Mm-hmm. I think I would put this over Three Philosophers too because it doesn't have that overly sweetness mm-hmm. to it that you get from Three
1: Philosophers. Did we happen to Three put this out into a uh, glass at all or is it for you drinking straight from the counter? Uh, nope, this is also in a two of glass, because that's what they tell me to drink it out And of. is it a nice
0: bright, bright color or is it... what It's... It's a nice kind of golden straw, mm-hmm. okay. Um, to use the the parlance of our our podcast, um, it's definitely not as rosy or bright as the three philosophers, because that has like that kind of like deep cheriness mm-hmm. to it. Um, definitely hazy. Like I'm holding it up to the window right now, can't see through it. Even if I like pass my hand uh, behind it, like I get shadow. I can't. Like distinguish my fingers or anything through it, so it's got a decent amount of haze, which is what I would expect from like a Belgian to begin with. But yeah, this is this is great. Mm-hmm. Def, I'm definitely glad I had this after the Voodoo, because as much as I enjoy that one too, it's it's an IPA, like it's a great drinkable pale ale. But this now, yeah, that
1: sounds good. Sign me up, Voodoo. Uh, I might have to stop home and get some. Love child because that sounds that sounds really good to me for for whatever reason probably because I drank way too much yesterday and now I probably drank a little too much now. <laughs> but uh, man, I, dr Efron, I enjoyed the art because normally we go from talking about the story, but we haven't even finished talking about the story. Where she set up, she's now having to go on this crusade. Her the last crusade, as Chris said with her father, to find... What again? What's the what's the MacGuffin here? The... The, the old... There was an old... Uh, it was like a Jedi sect. Oh yeah, a Jedi sect that...
0: The Ordu Espectu. Or Espectu Ordu. Mm. But they were basically like an, like a little bit more militant offshoot of the Jedi.
1: Were they, or were they, the the ultra-peace-loving... And they were looking for a way to live forever. And I liked in the story that you got the two different versions of them in that one issue. Uh, You get his telling of it as ultra-peaceful monks, and then you get her story, her version of it. He's like, well, there's nothing that we've ever found that promotes your side of the story. That's saying they're peaceful monks looking for a way to live forever. They sound more like they were obsessed and maybe were Dark Jedi, and that's why they were destroyed they were militant and evil, and we got to see the same scene play out from those two different perspectives or from two different points of view, is what we wanted to say. And I agree, I like the art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I, I think this is like a great offshoot story. Um, (laughs) A lot of what we've been getting with the Star Wars kind of like one shots or spin-off books has been telling the stories of characters that we've already seen in other stuff I appreciate that this is like a mini series about a character that is spinning out of one of those other books and this is really giving her a lot of life and that's kind of what's really brought me around to this character and she's someone like I definitely want to get more of and I'm kind of glad to see that this book is still coming out like this is still something that they're following uh, because I definitely want more of it and I think a lot of that does tie into the art because we have talked about uh, Kev Walker's stuff before he just did the DJ book that we talked about last month for our double trading policy Mm. and a lot of that is just him doing not character stuff but just trying to capture what those characters look like and I think he did a really good job with uh, Benicio Del Toro but I think it's even better when you can just kind of draw like, "Hey, this is what I want this character to look like," and I think everyone in here is very distinct looking. Uh, still action pack, you still just get like a lot of like your typical comic book grid set, uh, setup, but you no, know, everything about this book just sings to me. I I really came out enjoying
1: it. Uh, no, it's a lot of fun, and um, the play with her father. And I'm glad to see her back on, uh, you know, back on her own. It looks like the next volume of this is uh, the Screaming Citadel, which is her and Luke Skywalker having to team up. Uh, Screaming Citadel was like the big
0: Star Wars crossover that Mm. that was taking place between Star Wars, Darth Vader and Dr. Aphra. Sounds fun. Um, Yeah, I I can't wait to get to that one because
1: I (laughs) I have that tray too. But this was definitely a fun... It was a fun read. And uh, I liked the play uh, between her and her father and then the the villain. I can't remember who her name is or she might actually she's, be the...
0: Yeah, she's like an imperial officer.
1: Uh, but she also... She might be the hero? She might be the good guy in this situation? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, lines get blurred. But it definitely was very fun. Uh, I, I don't have... I think the only negative thing I have to say about the book is the backup story it took me a little out of the book and it took me a, a, a little bit to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it was to show how much of a scoundrel and a thinker she is because it's her street wise that usually gets them out of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the fun of the character. See, without that backup, I would not be rooting for Dr. Aphra because she's like just a character that's out for her own. Like there's no reading quality to her. But then with that backup, you get to see, no, the cards were stacked against her. Like this it was either this or she would not have a life at all. Like she wouldn't there would be nothing. She would be on the streets like destitute or something like it would be she would be destroyed completely like this is her scraping by and this is her fighting for everything she has but I also think it was her it was her attitude and her that made that professor hate her she was given like that guy's doing a lecture and she's giving him shit yeah but he even says on the first day you walked into class and I'm like nope I picked you because I wanted to destroy you like, it's like, dude, it's my first day. You don't, yeah, if, you, it, if you're like, as a, as a teacher, you would think that they would be like, okay, she's sassy, there's something, but I can work with her. We can get there. We can get there together. We can build her up. And he picks her out and wants to just tear her down. Yeah, but who knows when she walked in, what she said, and that was the thing. I, I, th- I do think the guy was a dick, but also it probably had something a little to do yeah. With
0: her, yeah. Also, also, him harvesting like those symbiotes, not
1: a good because, thing to be with. Yeah, doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but that I do agree. It is something that was it, it, it was something that needed mm-hmm. to be there, but it took me a little bit out of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because like the only way it
0: really ties into everything else is where it's like, oh no, like, I found out from your professor about this. That's why I leaked it. It was just kind of something to progress the story to the point where it's like this is why she lost her doctorate, even though it does give a little bit more of like a dive into Afra as a character, why someone would want to try to discredit her because I think Sassy's the best work for her. Mm -hmm. Um, In all like the previous stuff for this, they're like rogue archaeologists. I was like, I wouldn't consider her rogue. She's just. Someone that's out there trying to make a buck. And that's a character that we've seen in the Star Wars universe repeatedly now. Like you always get that scoundrel that's just trying to make make a dollar, mm-hmm. trying to watch out for themselves. But she she's really likable. And I, I think the relationship that she has here with her father does kind of set her apart. And it was seeing like the two of them go through the Masasi Temple on Yavin 4, which I was happy to see as a Star Wars fan because they don't really talk about that in Star Wars now, even though it was a big part of the expanded universe because after everything in the novels, that's where Luke set up his Jedi training temple. Like, he repurposed the Rebel base to be his Jedi temple because that's what it originally was. Like The Jedi were there. He was like, hey, we already have the space. The Rebels have been using it. We got plumbing. There's electric. There's okay, a fire I'm gonna, pole. I'm gonna, Have you guys
1: tried this pole? <laughs> you guys try this. We pole? should sleep here. Gonna, I feel for the I'm place. I'm gonna
0: train my Jedi here. <laughs> like this is gonna be. This is where we do our thing now. Uh, so I like seeing that again. I I think this is a great addition to the current Star Wars universe. I think she's a fun character. And shout out to her evil droids that. I think we really enjoyed when we talked about Darth Vader mm-hmm. before. I want to say we spent a little bit of time talking about them. I like how they're just basically shitty versions of C-3PO and R2-D2 that are like looking out for themselves, don't
1: care who gets hurt. Want to hurt people. Like, like are held back from hurting people. No, yeah, Triple Zero, if you guys ever played Knights uh, of the Old Republic. Are you going to talk about your yeah H- your drone Yeah, again? HK-47. Basically, triple zeros HK47. Like, if you've heard me talk about HK47 a couple, couple times, triple zeros. Yeah. He was, like, your top draft for uh, Star Wars Kids. It, yeah. like, like, it was my number three or something. Like, yeah, it was on my list, though. So. We threw that out. Yeah, you guys were like, bullshit. <laughs> Nobody else had heard of him. Even George Lucas was like, who?
0: Uh, uh, who is this? Mm-hmm. I, I
1: did not put them into my pre polls, which is. What
0: I see as the ultimate
1: edition of the Star Wars. Uh, well, Maybe he's in a Starlack pit. All I know is Last Jedi basically cements everything that happened in the prequels into the newest uh, trilogy as well. Because the humor that was there, the the weird creatures that... Not the time, nor the place. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I
0: gotta... Uh, how you... <laughs> I really enjoyed this book. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of Dr. Afra eventually when we kind of, if we get around to it as a podcast or if I just kind of have to pour through these books on my own now, because I'm, I'm in, I've got it. I want to catch up on the rest of the Star Wars stuff and Vader so I can read that Screaming Citadel
1: crossover. But for our well, next Patreon level, which is Star Wars Books with Friends. <laughs> Uh, we'll uh, talk about all the Star Wars books. Also, uh, every three months, you get to pick a trade uh, trading policy. So that's that's true. But I feel like a lot of this now because
0: we knew about uh, Afra, or I'm not sure for the, uh, the pronunciation. Shelly, Shelly, her first name. Hmm. I don't know, but uh, Shelly Afra before with with Vader. So it's not like they just launched this as, "Hey, here's a new Star Wars book that takes place in this universe." There was already some kind of buy in. But I feel like to get to Screaming Citadel now, there's even more of a buy in because you have to have been caught up on Star Wars and Vader and Afra to get into that book. So I don't know if that's something I necessarily want to throw at you guys because at that point you're going to have like a prerequisite reading list.
1: Eh, Star Wars Books with Friends coming soon for the Bagman Broadcast family of podcasts. <laughs> Not really. We can always branch out. And if you'd like us to branch out, find us over on our Facebook. Find us over on our website where you can get your show notes that Chris delivers uh, shortly for you. Yeah. Uh, write and review us uh, wherever you listen to us iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcatcher, Podcatcher. Yeah. Blueberry. Uh, blueberries. Yeah. I like like Blueberries. I like them. Raspberries. Why not? They taste good. Uh, we like all the berries. And uh, let us know what berries you, you like. Zoom Marketplace. Star-Lord's the Star-Lord's only one. got a zoom. So, minor pause. Quick, <gasps> <sorry. clears throat> I just poured the beer. So why not? This is a minor <clears> throat> pause. Throat> this is a pause where you have to dig a little...
0: But to find it, this is, like by saying minor pause. This is I'm not getting up to leave. I just want to take a moment instead of your sixty second time Ooh. off
1: This is your thirty second time off
0: This smells wonderful. Ooh. I have the Voodoo Love Child. Mm. I think you guys have had this. Right? Yeah. one okay. uh,
1: We had um, we had their quad father, which was their quad aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels last night. It was really good. It was good. Two years old. We have another one in the basement. Yep. Somebody should come up and drink that soon. In the next couple uh, months. Did you hear that the nun that was protesting Katy Perry (laughs) (laughs) eyed in court after saying, Katy Perry, please stop what you're doing, and then she falls over and dies? Crazy. (laughs)
0: The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> he picked a side. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: crap, sorry, I just... I had a brain fart because I remember seeing there was something coming out from Shorts that I was like, oh, I, I want that beer. And I have to look it up now and see what it was because now that Lexi's up there, basically if I see anything coming out limited release from like Shorts, Perrin founders i can say like hey get me this beer i'm trying to remember what it was now because it sounded really good but it was kind of like nerdy in its presentation It was like a a play on something oh yeah um limited release it's their belgian style quad called obliviate oh nice and they call it a brain melcher of a quad nothing short of ridiculous that's for certain if you're looking for a beer that's got you covered from Ebierto to Wingardium Leviosa, look mm-hmm. no further than the pub and Short Smart this weekend. 12.3% ABV Belgian style of wine. Sorry. I, just, I couldn't remember what it was, but now it makes sense because it's a Belgian cup and I'm drinking a Belgian fruit ale. Ooh. So, let me take another. I get a lot of the Belgian on this, but like, the fruit comes and goes really quick. <laughs> It's very pleasant. I'm, I do like this.
1: Nice. <coughs> okay. Sorry.
0: Sorry. That's why we paused, John. Okay. But I'll turn the microphone off if I'm coughing. Mm. Can't help it. You're fine. Yeah, I got bronchitis. I got bronchitis. Right, so I'm well, ready. I got up you for a are. cold you wanna... Are you thrown over to, to me, yeah. or do you want to just cut back? Okay.
1: Uh, why don't you – can you give us like a couple minutes, get into the book a little bit, and then we can talk our next beer? Because Paul and I yeah. still haven't finished the – this will probably be my last beer. It's already 1.12. So
0: why were you in two. such a rush to throw it to me,
1: Paul? Oh you don't want to have the number yeah. five? Yeah, let's, let's – because I want to leave that too, so. All right. It's it's only 1.12. You can have another beer. All right. Uh, Chris, just start talking. So am
0: I going right right into it?
1: Yep. My beer? No, because I'm gonna Very drink common. the number five.
0: <laughs> so, so hold off on my beer then. Yeah, just give it give me a little bit. Okay. I don't remember where we left off at, I'm sorry.
1: You you're gonna go right. Of, oh we talked about product currency. Yeah, I can yeah go, go right into uh, go right into the the review. The policy.
0: Alright. <clears throat> so i am click to Audacity. Right, I'm gonna start talking at one 10 If that's okay.
1: Well, I have a little bit of burst. Yeah, if, I, I'm, I'm watching my side, so I'm just ready to. <laughs> okay. I'm going to write down the time.
0: Cool. One time. <laughs> I have to get my iPad, too. <laughs> 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 hmm. What's up? It's on the bed next to me. I wasn't prepared at all. I spent all this time getting cold brewed. You are not ready. You are not prepared. prepared. All right, there we are. Okay, I'm going to go at 109. I didn't realize how far away 110 actually was.
1: Okay, you guys ready? Yeah.